This episode is 232. Do you ever say, I love a particular food, or I couldn't live without chocolate? Irrelevant of the food choice that you've been having these intimate feelings for, the real question pops up when your health is actually falling apart, both your mental health and your physical health. We look at the diet and discover that there's been this long-term consumption of a particular food or a particular food group that you love or are attached to in some way. But then you discover that it feels really difficult or even impossible to actually stop eating those foods. If you can relate to that feeling, then on this episode, I'm going to explain why we have these seemingly unbreakable attachments to particular foods. Understanding why is the first step to changing how you can actually get well. So let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. Hey, what's up, my healthy friends? Welcome back to another episode. And on today's episode, Coaching with Maddie, we are talking about the idea of why I am so attached to food. Now, uh, remember that all of these Coaching with Maddie episodes literally come out of my own notes uh, from clients over the last four years of working on these specific issues. Um, And many of my uh, notes as well come from times before that. Um, But why I'm asking this uh, or sharing this question with you today, why am I so attached to food is because after being in this space for many, many years now, not just the last four of coaching, but the last 10, 12, 13, 14 of uh, working in this space of healthcare, it's the attachment to things that I believe is at the core of the challenges we have with our health. And that's exactly why I work with emotional eating. And that's exactly why in 2023, it's my mission to coach 500 people to stop the binge eating and savage self-talk cycle so they can lose weight whilst feeling in control and without any restriction along the way. And that's because at the core of this is an attachment to food. The reason that you may have yo-yo dieted before and gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and this is the same in any area of your, of your life, if you have the same bickering argument with your partner or your parent or the same thing bothers you over and over and over again for a long period of time, then you are stuck in a loop. Uh, and in at the core of that loop is some kind of emotional attachment to the world, to an idea, to a person, to a food that is driving that behavior. And the idea of letting go of that attachment and that connection to said food or thing is terrifying, which is why you find it so difficult to be able to do. Uh, And so that's why when we go on diets and use all of this willpower and we grit our teeth and we try and move forward and, and, you know, do the diet, lose the weight, get into the wedding dress, whatever it is, that afterwards we we end up rewarding ourselves with the thing that we just got off of. And that's because we didn't actually nourish the emotional requirement that was needed in that space that the cookie or the chocolate or the croissant or the pizza was filling beforehand, right? So the reason we're so attached to food fundamentally is that it's in place of actual emotional experience or actual emotional detox. And what I mean by that is that when we feel anything, what our brain seeks to do, our brain and our body seeks to do is to bring into equilibrium our energy levels and our hormone levels, right? And when we're really, really high or really stressed, the body naturally kicks in all of these different things and sweat is one of them and lowering your heart rate is one of them in order to bring things back down to normal, right? And so 
what the what the brain and the body does because it's super smart is that it always looks for the easiest and fastest way that we can bring ourselves back to baseline. And so in a world where we have massive and easy and cheap access to foods that bring us back to baseline really rapidly, then instead of experiencing the emotion or having the difficult conversation or doing the difficult task or picking up the heavy burden that you need to in order to solve this problem, guess what? We go towards food. For many people, in my experience, this can actually go back to childhood. It can go back to a trauma. It can go back to the values of the home that they were raised in and the belief systems around food. Some people often reflect on, you know, mom or dad or auntie or uncle said that I was fat or gained weight or I didn't look good in something or that I should watch my weight or grandma grabbed my cheek and said, oh, you know, she's chubby, isn't she? Or he. Um, And the thing is, in these moments, is that we are so vulnerable and exposed and offended and hurt. And often when we're upset as children, what we do is we store that as memory for later. And kids these days usually get a lollipop stuffed in their mouth, right? Or they have access to um, sugar in order to calm their nervous system. Parents are trying to use sugar in order to calm their children down. Again, it's the same idea of bringing them back to baseline. And what we do is either we take this traumatic memory or experience we had in childhood or teenage years, and as an adult, because we've got this part of us that is so unsettled and unresolved, every time it comes up or every time a situation presents itself that boils over and we feel out of control or stressed or in pain or without love or lonely, what do we do? Just like I said before, the body and the brain is always seeking its way back to equilibrium. And so in these moments of fear and exposure and vulnerability, we go towards towards food that makes us feel good. And we develop an attachment because in those painful experiences, food is the safety, food is the nurture, food is the comfort, food is the love, it is the companion. All the things that we're looking for in these vulnerable moments, food and often sugar is taking the place of what should otherwise be a real emotional experience or an emotional detox. And what I mean by emotional detox is actually letting the feeling out of your body, having the argument, screaming, journaling, breath work, quitting the job, divorcing the partner, walking away, whatever it might be, that emotional detox. Because a lot of people describe the way that they use food to stuff down emotions or to numb emotions. In the same way that alcoholics use alcohol and drug addicts use drugs, right? It's the same idea. And so that's what I mean by detox. We actually want those emotions to move through us, to create a space where it's okay to express those emotions. Now, I'm a realist. realist. I know that, you know, parents have got it difficult. So managing kids without sugar is really difficult. However, I've seen it done loads of times. I know parents that can do it, have done it, um, and it is possible. The other thing is managing ourselves without sugar. Yes, it's difficult. It's challenging to get off sugar. It's challenging to not use sugar as an emotional crutch, right? However, there are massive benefits to doing so because if we don't actually untether ourselves from this emotional relationship to an attachment to food, and we should be attached to food in one way because it provides us nourishment and support and nutrition and strength. However, it's the place, the, the, the place that we put food in as an emotional support system is not the attachment we want because it leads to, well, a continued cycle of doing that. And in the Western world where life is very simple and easy, 
in comparison to, you know, 500 years ago or living in Africa or living in the Philippines or whatever it might be, it's actually it's just much easier to go towards sugar. And that leads towards cancer, diabetes, insulin resistance, um, early death, mental health issues, inability focusing, and just a totally unfulfilled life for the latter part of your life because there's been so much time spent with this attachment to food. The good news is that this applies to all of us, me included. I've walked this path. I know how to navigate this path, which is why I'm here talking to you about it, right? Uh, And so what you need to, to do in order to start moving in the right direction, and this is what we do with clients as well, is that you need to learn how to apply a different strategy to managing your emotional needs. And what that looks like is that you need to learn the art of self-observation without judgment, right? That savage self-talk in your mind that I mentioned in the mission statement, that's the thing that we need to figure out how to quell. We want to quell that voice and be able to negotiate with it so we can self-observe without judgment. We want to understand how to dissect your habits. We don't want to just look at the car and say the car is broken. There's parts of the car that may need attention, right? And so we need to pull over, get out of the car and figure out, actually, the car as a whole is not broken. You as a whole human, you're not broken. There are some parts that need some, maybe need some upgrades, some updates, some editing, some changing, some finishing. And so we need to understand how to dissect those habits so we can figure out which parts need some attention. When you do locate those parts, we need to give them love, attention and care and find alternatives to manage the emotion that that food was previously managing, right? So that's what we we, we need to come up with a whole new toolkit. It's not about using willpower and just saying, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to pretend this shit's never happening again. (laughs) It's not how it works. And then modern diet culture would tell you that's the strategy you need to use. We actually need to figure out why this attachment exists and then replace that attachment with a new attachment that helps nourish, nurture, and dissolve that emotion or that trauma or that pain and suffering or that identity piece that has been there for so long. So if you've enjoyed this episode or you got something out of it and you now understand why you're so attached to food, then please share this episode with a friend, share it with a partner, a loved one. If you know anybody that has an attachment to food or has tried to get off particular foods time and time and time again, or alcohol, whatever it is, please share this episode with them. It might be the episode that gives them that light bulb moment but that begins them down the path of changing their life. So thanks for being here. Check us out on all of the apps. Give us a rating review, Amazon, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for being here. I'll see you in the next episode. Boom. Bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.